rise and shine, Montclair. It is Tuesday, June 22nd, and I hope you guys are all having a wonderful morning so far. My name is Sabrina Heisick, and you are listening to the Summer Morning Buzz on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. I am joined here today with my co-host, Dadi, and newscaster, Isa. All right, how are you guys doing this morning? Oh, very well. Recovering from the storms recently here around Anendre, but so far everything's good. That's good. What about you, Daji? I'm all right. Could be better, but yeah. How about you, Sabrina? I am tired as always, but (laughs) I had my cup of coffee and now I'm ready for the show. But let's get this party started. Isa, take it away with your newscast. You're listening to 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. I'm Issa Winnett with today's news update. For local New Jersey news, News 12 reports New Jersey property owners could soon uh, see a $500 property tax rebate under an agreement that state officials announced on Monday. The rebates will be hitting the mail as soon as July 1st, sending $500 to over 70 Uh, $750,000 for New Jersey families. Uh, Governor Murphy said that record-breaking education funding in his budget will also help drive down property taxes, along with updating the formula for the Homestead Rebate Program, which is used to help seniors and people with lower income to lower property taxes. For news to the United States, as noted by AP News, COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. have dipped below 300 a day for the first time since the early days of the start of the pandemic in March 2020. Uh, Also, a milestone of 150 million Americans have been fully vaccinated. This was announced on Monday. The coronavirus was the third leading cause of death in the U.S. in 2020, right behind heart disease and cancer, according to the Center of Disease Control and Prevention. But now, as the outbreak loosens its grips, uh, it has fallen down the list as from being the biggest killers. Uh, The current CDC data suggests that more Americans are dying every day from accidents, uh, chronic lower respiratory diseases, strokes, or Alzheimer's disease rather than the COVID-19 virus. For international news, the World Health Organization senior advisor, Dr. Bruce Aylward, said that the COVAX program has delivered 90 million doses uh, of the coronavirus vaccines to 131 countries, according to the BBC. But the advisor said that this was nowhere near enough to protect the populations from a virus that is still spreading worldwide. The shortages come as some of the nations in Africa see a third wave of infection setting in. On a continental level, only about 40 million doses have been administered as far in Africa, less than 2% of the total population. Uh, To address this, Uh, The government has stated that they are working with COVAX to create a regional hub to produce more vaccines in South Africa. Uh, More updates will come on this in around two weeks. And last but not least, for media and entertainment news, The Hollywood Reporter states that the mega cinema chain AMC Theaters announced on Monday that it will celebrate a first ever cinema week by offering free and unlimited popcorn refills to all customers buying any size of the popular movie snack. The offering is one of numerous promotions being plotted by exhibitors across the country as part of an organized effort to 
design and lure moviegoers back into the theaters as masses as they would come to beautiful movies airing as pre-pandemic era. Now that the restrictions have been lifted, the Cinema Week will be used to celebrate going back into the theaters from around June 22nd to June 27th. However, AMC's free and unlimited popcorn offer will last until the end of June, which is June 30th. As for the weather in Montclair, it's going to be quite rainy today with scattered showers throughout the afternoon. The temperature will be a high of 74 and a low of 52. We'll be seeing about a 71% of humidity and a lovely sunset at 8.32 p.m. This concludes my news update for June 22nd, 2021 from WMSC. I'm Issa Winek and I hope you have a wonderful day. All right, thank you, Isa, for that wonderful newscast as always. All right, guys, we're going to start digging deep into our first story, which was actually very so briefly mentioned by Isa in her newscast. But as days goes on, the US continues to hit milestones regarding the coronavirus, more specifically on the deceased and vaccinated in the United States. COVID deaths have finally dipped below 300 today for the first time since March, 2020. As of yesterday, 150 Americans, 150 million Americans are fully vaccinated. In 2020, the coronavirus was the third leading cause of death, but now has fallen down from the list of biggest killers in the United States. The CDC says that more Americans are dying from accidents, respiratory diseases, strokes, and Alzheimer's than they are from COVID. However, the U.S. death toll still stands at more than 600,000, with the worldwide count being right under 3.9 million deaths. Right now, roughly 45% of the U.S. population has been fully vaccinated, and 53% has recently received at least one dose of the vaccine. But the demand for shots has decreased, which is a disappointment for health experts. Amber D'Souza a professor at John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health states, start quote, the fall will bring new waves of infection, but they will be less severe and concentrated more in places with low vaccination rates. So much depends on what happens over the summer and what happens with children. Anyone who is not vaccinated can become infected and tra transmit the virus, end quote. All right, guys, I think this is such an insightful article to start our show off with because we are hitting many milestones, which some good, some bad, as you know, in our area, thankfully, so many people are vaccinated or almost fully vaccinated, but there are still so many places in the United States where people aren't fully vaccinated. What do you guys think about this? Um, I mean, I would say that I do feel happy that we're moving forward and that, uh, coronavirus deaths have decreased and that we are slowly coming back to this, I would say, uh, normal as pre-pandemic era. I would say uh, the fact that people are still getting vaccinated and that the general population is still like, um, yeah, abiding by the rules, like I said, becoming vaccinated and the deaths are lowering, that's a good sign. Um, I mean, with the demand for vaccines, as long as people maybe are still getting them, I, I think that it's um, it would be good news for these uh, for um, these health experts. But I feel that it's all still up in the air. We can't really determine what will happen yet because we don't see anything in particular. We're only 
I, I believe they're only like projecting right now. So I would say I'm happy with what we're at. And um, like so far we've made good progress. So all we have to do is just wait and see what happens next. Just be patient with it and see like what the results bring. Mm-hmm. I just want to uh, clarify for you, Issa, and for any listeners, that the reason why this is a disappointment for health experts is because the demand for shots has decreased. You know, when the vaccine first came out, everyone wanted to be vaccinated. But now, I guess that we've hit over 50% of our population has been vaccinated. Not as many people are demanding that, that they want the shot. And that's why some health experts are disappointed because, you know, as a health expert, you want everyone in the country to be vaccinated, everyone in the world to be vaccinated so that no one can contract this disease. Yeah, 100% agree. I think it's like you had said a milestone. It's a good thing that our numbers are going up, but then at the same time, it's not, it's like it's stopped. It's not increasing as rapidly anymore. So it's a little sad how there's a lot of unvaccinated New Jerseyans, especially, um, simply because, you know, we don't know what can happen or what can further develop from people that are not vaccinated. Yeah, and I think New Jersey is probably one of the better states. It's more so some of these other states where the vaccination rate is so, so low, specifically like Texas and Florida and a lot of people, you know, we talked about this last week a little bit, you know, politics, how so many people don't want to get the vaccination, which is very frightening just for the future of the pandemic. And I know we're going to get into this later, but like possible variants and whatnot, but it's still crazy to think like, you know, 600,000 people unfortunately have passed because of this virus within, you know, the past year and however so many months, I think it's like three, three months. And I just, just wrapping my head around that idea is just so, so heartbreaking, especially because I felt like in the big, at the start of the pandemic, it was like when we hit the hundred thousand, that was so like devastating. And I feel like lately people haven't been as aware of the numbers as they necessarily should have been. I know for me personally, I remember it hitting 300,000 in the United States. And then after that, like, I feel like I haven't even looked like I just I just you don't want to see it because it's just so bad and you know it's only getting higher as the days go on. Uh, nonetheless, though, we're we're here and things are getting better, which is good. But like for me personally, as someone who's like fully vaccinated, going around with no mask on, and then knowing that there's still so many people who could be at risk or who just don't want to get the vaccine, and just knowing that like there's still people who are susceptible to this is still kind of a it's a disheartening thought in fact i wanted to discuss why would you think um yeah both of you dodgy and sabrina why would you think that um the demand has decreased now is it just mostly because everyone who really wanted the shot got the shot is it like um is it that the that it's targeting the people now who don't really want to get the shot yeah i think it's more of um they gave like i feel like in the u.s there's a lot of freedom where no vaccination cards are being looked at so it's like why do we need to get it like some people might think that so then the people that did get it they're walking around without a mask but then a person that is wearing a mask you don't know if they got it or if they didn't and then it same for the person that's not wearing a mask so 
it's very controversial, I feel. Um, and I feel like it's decreasing in numbers because of that. Because there's no nobody forcing you to do it. Um, unless you're going to school. If you're in school, then you might, you know, you might need to get it unless there's religious reasons and other stuff. But for the most part, that's what I've seen. Yeah, no, I agree with you there 100%. I feel like since it's not being like regulated, like let's see your vaccine card, people are just like, oh, well, I don't even need to show that. So like, why would I get the vaccine? But like getting the vaccine is not difficult, at least in New Jersey, it's not, you could get it for free, anyone can get it. So um, yeah, that's just my take on it. But I think to answer your question for me personally, Isa, I just believe because of all this miscommunication about the vaccine, you know, some people believe that this is not good for you and they want to wait it out. They want to see how other people react to it first, especially with so much um, different information going around regarding the safety of the vaccine, even though at this point so many people have gotten it. In my opinion, I'm personally like, well, clearly it's, it's okay if everyone's getting it and we're all good. But nonetheless, if some people still don't know how they feel about it and they don't know how they're going to react to it. And some people also worry about the like 24 hours after you get that second dose, if you're going to be sick or not. I know a lot of people experience flu-like symptoms. I personally also experienced those symptoms, but it was nothing terrible. Did you guys experience that too after you're getting it? Or I don't know, are you guys fully vaccinated or how are you guys going with the vaccine? What are your thoughts? I'm not fully vaccinated, um, but I'm planning to. <laughs> um, it's more because I've had so many family events like out of the country and stuff. So as soon as I get somewhere, I need to like quarantine and stuff. But it's interesting seeing it when you go to another country, how they're dealing with it. I feel like in the U.S. is more, um, you know, free. Everybody does with um, what they need to do and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Isa? Me, I'm not fully vaccinated. And uh, I would say that I am, like, my parents and I, we, we've been talking about it for some time. And we're still waiting because I know I'm one of those people who is uh very sensitive to vaccines. Uh, I would often get breakouts. I believe I'm allergic to something like penicillin or something in those vaccines. And we wanted to wait a little bit because I believe the last time when I was around eight, I got a vaccine and I had a fever and uh, it was a very bad reaction, let's just say that. So uh, my parents and I just want to wait on it for now, just not just to take it slow. And yeah, it's, it was kind of a difficult matter because uh, many people, yeah, many people, especially people who have very, who are sensitive for a long time to vaccines, feel like they're tormented, almost like discriminated against because um, like they themselves are scared to get a, a vaccine that's supposed to help many people. But yet again, they're scared for their lives. So it's important just to be careful. And um, it's, it, it, it's, it goes both ways. Yeah, no, and I think that's a, it's a difficult decision. You know, and that's a valid decision too, because like obviously no one wants to experience any pain from receiving this whatsoever, and you have completely valid reasons for you know putting like just not getting it and thinking about your decision before getting it. So I support you, Issa. I support I support both you guys. You guys are both awesome. 
But for I want to know also for you guys personally, like how do you think it's been with the loosened restrictions now that New Jersey isn't requiring masks everywhere and social distancing? How have you guys been adapting to this? Um, I wear a mask everywhere. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's weird whenever nobody, like you go in a store and nobody has a mask on. Um, but I just ignore it and I keep my distance. Um, a lot of people are not doing that anymore. They're just like on top of each other and, you know, going out and about. But yeah. You know, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, what's funny. I've noticed that like, I, I know a lot of people who are fully vaccinated and who have now been going out with no masks on and you've actually been getting sick with like other things because it's like their body is was so used for so long for wearing the mask and now that we're not wearing masks we kind of forgot about like all these other like diseases and infections that you could get just through the air and like the fact that the mask has been like protecting us of those for the past year is kind of funny too in a sense like obviously mm -hmm. no one's like sick sick but like just like getting like a cold or like a little cough or something just from no longer wearing the mask anymore but Issa what were you saying in fact what I was going to go to them was that I remember even before the pandemic and everything, I was quite health conscious because like if I was at university or if I was doing something and I knew I was busy and then I see someone sick, I'm like, okay, I'm not getting that <laughs> because I'm busy. I have stuff to do. I don't have time to get sick. So I feel like now going back pre-pandemic, I still have that mindset just to be careful, like, you know, wear a mask, social distance, nothing too crazy. But same thing as Daji, I am seeing people who are just not scared and going in out there. And then like, they're surprised, like, oh, I'm getting sick, this, that, what happened? And you're like, yeah, because um, you've been, not only like, people have been quarantining, people have been wearing masks, they've been, I would say, isolated from, I would say, a lot of the dangers of even getting normally sick or on any other virus. Uh, but when it comes to like, uh, and then suddenly exposing yourself to that, like you're prone to catch a lot of crazy things, a lot of either infections, diseases. So it's good just to like kind of have that pre-pandemic, um, don't spread germs mindset, you know, like the simple things like wash your hands, cover your mouth, stay home with your, when you're sick, just like to go back to that, go back to the simple things. <laughs> You know, it's funny, um, my, one of my family members, he got fully vaccinated, like, what, in April? Like, he was one of the first, um, because he's a health, um, healthcare worker, so he ironically wears a mask still, because he believes that with the mask, he's able to notice what is that got him sick. It's like he, if he takes off the mask, he says that he's more prone to getting sick and stuff. And when he takes it off, he realizes where it is. Like, it, let's say he gets a cold or something, he'll know where he got it from, depending on where he was more closer to people and if he was not, like, you know, covering himself. So I find that interesting because it's true, like, you become more aware of how you get things based off of, you know, just wearing a mask. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's like these simple things just make the biggest difference. Just washing your hands. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like personally, you know, as I said before, since I'm fully vaccinated, I'm not wearing my mask as much in public unless I have to. But like for me, I have been like sanitizing my hands like nonstop. Anytime I touch like anything that's like not my own, I'm like, okay, I need to sanitize my hands. Just because like, you don't know who else has touched it. And like, I don't want to be super close to like strangers anymore. Like I enjoy keeping my distance from people. It's just like the little things that 
I personally believe like for me, I like to, I will continue on to do even past this pandemic, just cause I feel like it'll help my future health. And I just want to remind our audience that these are our opinions and they do not reflect the opinions of the stations. However, we're going to move on. And speaking of coronavirus related stories, Daji. So, <laughs> so unvaccinated adults could be at risk to get the Delta variant of COVID-19, which has recently been detected in the United States, according to CNN. This raises a lot of concerns for many within the state of New Jersey. Even though the variant is at low levels within the Garden State, many hospitalizations and deaths are among unvaccinated New Jerseyans. According to My Central Jersey, federal officials believe that as early as next month, the Delta variant can become the dominant COVID strain in the U.S. At the moment, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson are running trials involving children under 12 years of age, as no vaccine has been approved as of yet. What are your thoughts in this? It's a little, you know, scary because it's a new variant now that might become even worse, you know? So, yeah, what is your take? Um, I feel like there have been so many variants, and, like, this is just, like, me reiterating what I said before. Like, I personally feel like it is so important um, that I, like, and the people around me are vaccinated because of this situation right here. It's variants are going to keep on popping up mm -hmm. and we just got to protect ourselves. We got to protect our family members. We got to protect our friends. And this, you know, uh, the, the pandemic, even though it might feel like it's over, it's still going on. Yep. A hundred percent agree. I would say that, um, it's important to be aware that like of, um, because after all, yeah, we are in a lot of unknown because we see that there are things like we have a lot of predictions like surrounding like the news and our daily lives and what we're being told about this virus. So it's just important, I feel, to be aware, just like, okay, do the, ba do your basics. Like, you know, how they say, keep your distance, wash your hands, like stay, like keep yourself safe, keep your family safe. Uh, don't do anything too crazy. If you feel like you might have COVID or something, take a COVID test. Um, just like do your basics, but be aware. Like, be aware of what they're saying, but I feel the most important thing to do in this case is don't panic. Like, um, don't start making assumptions, because after all, uh, a lot of health experts, um, a lot of people, they're making predictions, but they don't know entirely where we'll go yet. So, in my opinion, what I think the best thing to do, like I said, get back to the basics, keep yourself safe, keep your family safe, and just be aware of what's going on, but don't automatically assume, like, what will oh this will definitely happen or this will not happen or maybe like oh i don't believe this it's not going to go at all just be be aware of it like that this might occur and just be prepared for it yeah be more open-minded i agree and once again these opinions do not reflect the opinions <laughs> of the stations these are just our personal opinions on the take of the pandemic and what is going on right now i think it's honestly kind of frightening just like all these different variants because like i did not have COVID. I never got it, thankfully, or at least I don't believe I got it. You know, there were points when I was like, oh, like I have like a sore throat, but like I got the rapid test and it said I was negative. However, like I feel like you don't really know until you get the antibody test and I never got that. So I really like feel like it's kind of like up in the air. So like, I don't really know if I ever had it. I don't think I did, but you never know. I guess that's my point. And where I was you trying know. to go with this is that like you, like this variant, you don't know 
for the people who aren't vaccinated, you don't know how you're going to react to it. You don't know if it's going to be a stronger variant or a not as bad variant than the one that was going around the United States before. And it could be like, for all we know, like a completely different like reaction to the disease than what other people are experiencing, which yeah. makes it all the more scary. I agree. What's even scarier, I consider it like I don't know if I have the reference wrong. I'm pretty sure I don't, but it's like um, Pokemon. <laughs> like, you know, it's an evolution of COVID-19, but then you don't know what you're going to get. It's like a surprise. So I find that a little scary because, you know, apparently the Delta variant was around um, in Europe, in India especially. And that, you know, a lot of people have died in India due to this. Not, I mean in a lot of parts of the world but recently it was a lot of people in india so just that it's a little scary um but you're right everybody is different and the variant could have a different reaction towards everybody especially yeah. those vaccinated versus those unvaccinated but yeah. in other news let's <laughs> shed to light something a little different yes so a waitress in Gloucester County was assaulted and kidnapped after confronting a group that dined and dashed. The incident occurred at a Nifty Fifties in Washington Township. The surveillance videos show the waitress chasing the party of five to confront them for not paying for their meal. Then she was pulled into the suspect's vehicle and according to the chief, it was as the vehicle was moving. The police says that the suspects eventually left the waitress on the side of the highway. She was able to run back to the restaurant and call 911, and then she was taken to the hospital with bruises and a possible concussion. Police say that the suspects are three men and two women who look like they are in their early 20s, 20 to 25. Wow, what a story. Like, I, I really want to go into this, but like, I first want to hear your thoughts. What are you guys thinking? Um, this is not okay. I, I don't even have any word. It's like insane. You would, because it could happen to anybody, you know? Yeah, anyone working in that customer service type of industry. Yep. I would say, yeah, like I feel this is terrifying. If this happened to any of my loved ones, like, wow, I would, I'm happy that like everything was okay. That in the end, like you never know. Such people, they could have kidnapped her. They could have done crazy things to her. They could have left her in the middle of nowhere. They could have, uh, I'm not even going to list all the things they could have done, but I'm really happy for her that she survived. And I must say my sister, she works at a restaurant. And if I heard something like this would happen to her, oh, I would be terrified. I would be traumatized. I would not let her go back there. Yeah, no, I also feel like it's like, why? No, first off, like, why do people think it's, like we have two really stories here. We have the fact that these people dined and dashed, which obviously is wrong. Like, never, like that is terrible. <laughs> like, that's bad. And then the fact that they, their solution to her confronting them was to kidnap her. Like, how messed up really is this story? You have two back-to-back -back very sad and disappointing stories. Like, personally, like, as someone who's waitress before, I've had people dine and dash before, and... Issa's face was just she just looked so stressed she was like oh, no. <laughs> oh I know that <laughs> and I remember like I was literally like calling like they were like they just walked away and I was like excuse me excuse me like and then I like they walked outside so like I ran outside and then they like ran to their car and I was like screaming to them like hey like 
you didn't pay because you know at the end of the day it's like that waitress or the waitresses who the people dine and dash on they're the ones who are going to get in trouble they're the ones who are going to be like well why didn't you stop them why like like you know like you should have made sure that they paid so wait a minute are you telling me that the in most places like from your experience your bosses would hold the waiter responsible and they wouldn't tell you fend for yourself they would just tell you go after the person well it depends on the situation like not all restaurants and managers are the same it depends on a lot of things because like my job like at the place i worked at i was a hostess and a waitress so i was doing both roles at the time so as a hostess you're supposed to make sure that everyone pays so that was part of my duty as well so it and i didn't end up i was not in trouble for the fact that they dined and dashed at my place but i could see how in many scenarios they could potentially be in trouble especially if this is a common thing like at the place i worked at it was not common like maybe like once once a month to once every two weeks someone dined and dashed but we had a lot of business people coming in and out so it's not like not to justify it but like it didn't like you know hurt the restaurant tremendously that like a few people dined and dashed you know but it's it's a hard thing especially when like the place I worked at it was like you paid at the front once you were done so like since your waitress wasn't literally there like receiving your money they were responsible for coming up to the hostess and and giving their uh their ticket their receipt their uh, their check and then you would pay that way so it also depends on like the restaurant and how it works well the reason i was asking is because i used to work at um a lot of different retail stores for a number of years and in each one, the policy was different for, it wouldn't be dine and dash, but it would be, um, you know, like people stealing clothes. Um, and they would always say, don't run after the person or don't like try to take it back from them because you can't do that. Um, and I saw cases where like a manager got into a fight with a person stealing something because she saw her and she's like, give it back to me, you know? But you can't necessarily do that, apparently. You can't go after them, even if you see them. You have to make them take it out of their bag willingly or, you know, like without touching them. You get me? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just find that interesting compared to, you know, the restaurant community and stuff or just the food community, how people do that. And it's, it's a little sad. And it, at the times, at times, you don't have a lot of power. Um, Because if you're alone, it's like you against whoever, how many people there are. That's, that's a little scary. Yeah. Yeah, In fact, what I wanted to add was that my aunt, she used to work at, as like a security officer in like, um, this big store in New York City. And she said that she found people stealing things in uh, many clever, but also like, you know, like despicable ways. Like there was a lady who once came in and she was pretending she was pregnant, but in fact, she had a fake belly and she was putting things in there. And until um, someone caught it on a security camera on on that same day, like literally she was still inside the store and they had police officers come in and she needed to take out all those items. And she was stealing a lot of things and they were like expensive clothes. So um, yeah, like, and uh, I, uh, she told me that story similar to what you said, Daji, that they can't, necessarily take it out of your hand they have to tell you like um often they threaten like if 
if you don't take this out, we're going to have to call the police. Like, if yeah. you don't give this back to us. Uh, and, and it also makes a scene because this, I would say, whole dynamic that goes into this as well is social reputation. That if you will go back to the store, if people will see you, you won't steal. But with many situations like Dine and Dash, a lot of those people know they're not going to go back there. So mm-hmm. they know that if their social reputation is not on the line. So I would say that's what often plays in because if people are regulars at a certain place, they, they know they're like, if they're going to steal and if they're going to get caught, then like they, they won't be seen the same way. They're going to have like dirty looks at them. So it's like, um, I feel that often plays like a big factor into whether if someone will steal or not. And I feel like it kind of keeps everything in order, even though sometimes people pay at the very end or some waiters might forget. I didn't necessarily go to, um, uh, to that table and ask them for their check like people have that social morale I would say yeah I it's even weirder if you think about city versus suburban areas um if you're in a city it's more like I've seen like the people that would steal they would come back again like the next week they would not care um but then I think it's because you're in the city and there's so many people in a store you know in New York City where you're not going to be like looking for whoever was here last week on your bulletin board. You get me? Um, so it's interesting versus when you, I mean, I feel like even in a restaurant in the city, some people could go back or even in a suburban area. I don't know, Sabrina, if yeah, you no. agree. I mean, we've had, I remember one specific person who did come back several times and it was hard. Cause like, when someone dines and dashes, like, you don't have the opportunity to, like, stand there and take a picture of them, you know, and then you don't want to, like, do things, and, like, you never want to accuse someone of stealing if you don't know as a fact, too, so it kind of put us in a difficult position, because, like, for us, like, once this person, I think, did it for the second or third time, we were like, okay, we got to remember that person, they're not allowed in here anymore, like, they keep on dining and dashing, but it's interesting bringing up the part about suburban and, um, urban but you know what I find really interesting just like obviously people dine and dash for different reasons and I feel like sometimes it has to do with they literally you know they don't have money but then I feel like there are people who do have money and who do continue to steal from retail stores or to dine and dash and I find that to be the most like disappointing thing of all because it's like obviously stealing in general is not justified but like you know you could definitely understand more so like if someone who was very poor doing it or doing it for their family or was completely helpless rather than someone who's just like, oh, like I'm a crazy teenager and I want to do something dumb and I want to have some fun and I want to get a rush, you know, like it's mm-hmm. two completely different types of people. And it kind of brings me to like, sorry, I'm segueing to my next story that's relating to stealing. But like I used to work at an ice cream place and we were right next to this motel where a bunch of homeless people lived. Right. And we would have homeless people who would come to this ice cream place and I worked there for like four years. So like I kind of knew a lot of them. And I remember it was so weird because like the people who would tip the most were the people who were coming from this motel. Like the poorest oh, wow. people, the people oh, wow. who had the least were the ones who left the biggest tips. And that always like amazed me because it's like, how are these people who mm-hmm. have literally nothing coming over here and giving the biggest tip? And it just, it amazes me. Like, just, I don't know, like money with people and social classes and how some people are so generous and some people are so greedy. You know, Sabrina, that is actually very beautiful. And it reminds us that 
many people have the inclination to be good, even though they have so little, they still have good to offer. And um, they still have the sense of morale. People aren't desperate. I feel that, in my opinion, the people who steal, they're, des they're desperate to get something that they know they can't get otherwise. And they feel that the only way to do it is to steal. And they kind of limit themselves and put themselves, like restrict themselves to doing something wrong, to doing something they know they're not supposed to do. Well, these people, they still have that morale and they still maintain that goodness. And I must say, I, I really praise that in people that have so little because they still uh, like abide by this code of being a good person. Like just because you have little money, that doesn't necessarily mean um, you are like suddenly inclined to do bad. So I must say that's really amazing. And um, yeah, it's very inspiring. It reminds us of how we should be. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I just, I worry for those people who do think it's okay to, to steal and dine and dash because I don't know how some of them have the heart to like the ones that do have the money there and stuff like I don't know I would start freaking out if you know I'm like doing something bad and I'm like oh no they're gonna find me I'll like be so paranoid about it but I really do question like what goes through their head when they do this if they have no money I I can understand that um because you know it's like what can they do at one point and and i know like some people might prefer not to but then those that are just doing it for fun high school students and stuff that's not cute yeah it's not cool i think it's it's rather like it's it's gross like i just yeah i can't even understand your thought process behind that but anyways when we get back we will kick off the second half of the show with some unsettling vinyl news. But until then, we'll be right back on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. You are listening to 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. And we're going to kick it off with our next story. Daji? So, legendary record store Vintage Vinyl Records is closing after 42 years in Woodbridge, New Jersey. It is supposed to close on July 31st. At the moment, in-store purchases are at 30% off. Rob Roth has owned Vintage Vinyl for 42 years and is planning on retiring. He had a vision at 23 years old to make a record store outside of New York City with his taste in music. This record store is known as the Rock and Roll Store, as it has a variety of genres such as classic rock and blues. On top of its variety, the record shop became a venue for many bands such as Saves the Day, Midtown, My Chemical Romance, and much more. What is your opinion about this? Imagine at 23 years old, just deciding, hey, let me make this, you know, cute little store or depending on whatever you like and just kicking it off and having a good time doing that. Um, I was looking into it and Rob Roth uh, and his wife, they had the store for all those years and it, it was just really nice. It was an inspiration, like in a small town, he made, he gave a little bit of city life into the town. So I thought that was cute. Yeah. I mean, I personally find it so sad that so many of these vinyl shops are going out of business, especially recently. And I think vinyl is such a, it's so unique. It's so special. And I feel like it's something that should be very much treated like value to people. And I, I don't know, I just, I hate that 
it's going out of business and it's something that I worry about for the future because vinyl it continues to be less and less popular as the years go on that's true and I feel like vinyl is more to me it's like it's history so whenever you like touch it or put it play it, it it's it feels nice it's like you're back in the days and it's it's like you feel connected to your ancestors or those who lived here before um so I always found like an appreciation for it but Isa what's your take on this I feel um I personally haven't gotten much into vinyl but I do respect it because it's a wonderful classical way to listen to music like the records themselves there's a difference between listening to a song let's say that's recording on your, or your mp3 or on like a streaming service and a difference when you have like the vinyl disc like it feels different like the whole experience of putting on the song um it's almost magical and i feel that because like the, what this man did like is very interesting because he has pursued his passion and he presented that and he allowed other people to kind of have that same magical experience um i feel a little sad but that he's like retiring and unfortunately like it will be closing but i feel it's amazing that he was able to do that for pretty much 42 years and really like thrive in that and um i really respect people who follow their passions that way and who really like give other people the opportunity to do something so rare but they feel so similar about so i feel it's a it's a little the whole story is very heartwarming it's a little sad but i'm, I'm proud that he was able to do that for so long you're so positive isa i love it <laughs> and i especially liked how you called vinyl magical because i feel like that's such an accurate statement because vinyl is magical and I feel like with the music industry nowadays, it's so bittersweet, as you said, specifically because, yeah, like I love being able to stream all the music I like. Like that is easy. It is convenient. I could do it anytime I want. But there's something so satisfying about taking out your vinyl, about turning on your record, about sticking the vinyl on there, about moving the little, I forget what it's called, but the little needle to the end of the vinyl and then letting it start and letting it roll and not being able to skip songs, not being able to play any song you want, but just having that satisfaction of having a full like album or a full single just on one singular vinyl and like having to like physically like move it to get it where you want it to be. And I don't know, like it makes me, it honestly makes me feel like a movie, like I'm in a movie, which maybe that's because so many like movies have had vinyls and record players in them. More of like creepy movies, honestly, though. Like, <laughs> so I don't know, maybe my life is a horror movie, but like, I digress. <laughs> you guys get my point. But there's just, there is something so magical about it. It keeps you in the present somehow. And like I, like I said, um, it's something, it's completely different than listening to a streaming service or like an album that's recorded because it's physical. It's, um, it's also a different type of technology because like when you have a streaming service, that's something digital, that's something on your phone or on a device. While vinyl, that's more like, um, I can't say manual, <laughs> but it's something different because it's like, you need that, like that's, I'm sorry, I do not know what that de device is called, but like that reads the disc itself. And that in its way, it's like, it's a different technology and it's something that many of us aren't familiar with. So it just, it's really cool. And also not to forget uh, the art 
like the, the, when people like draw the things on the specific uh, the albums themselves, the cover albums, yeah, that looks really cool. Like, and that's cool to have in your room. And I would say it almost like has this cool connection with you. It's something to be proud of, almost like a, a plaque that you keep or um, uh, I can't, I don't know, how could I say that, like maybe going as far as saying maybe a certificate, but it's something to be proud of. And I feel it's, it, it's really impressive to collect. Yeah, that's so true. Like, I feel like if you've ever shopped for vinyls before, like, just looking at the album cover is something that really draws you to it, at least for me personally, because, like, I a lot of, like, the older music that there are more vinyls for, like, I know I don't listen to a lot of that, so whenever I'm going into, like, a vinyl shop, I always just, like, look at the album covers, and I'm like, oh, like, this one looks cool, or, like, oh, like, this one looks lame, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just go through, them <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like, maybe this one, but I feel like that's something that definitely, like, draws you to the vinyl, where, whereas today, I feel like people do look at, like, album covers when they're streaming music, but it's definitely not, like, what stands out. Like, I feel the same. Yeah, like it just doesn't, it doesn't hit the same because it's like a tiny little screen on your phone, whereas you have this full on big square album cover that you could physically hold. I don't know if um, you guys remember this because I know you're like just a little bit younger than me, like literally just a tad. (laughs) Just a snippet. (laughs) So I remember um, I used to, no. Yeah, a lot of people my age, like when I was in middle school, we would like go to LimeWire and stuff and just download the music from there and put it in our CD players or MP3 players. And this was like all before everything started cultivating like iPods and stuff. And I'm pretty sure iPods existed, but like I couldn't afford one. So I had a little tiny MP3 player that cost like 20 bucks during that time. And I remember the process of putting the music in and then burning a CD if I needed to. And it was just a lot of work. And I would see the album covers as I was trying to find the songs and stuff. And, you know, you had to buy CDs um, or actual albums to play it in your house. It wasn't, we didn't really have digital stuff back then to the capability we have it now. And it was so nice. It was like, you felt like, I don't know, it, it was like a part of you. It was you who you like who you like to listen to you get me and you just collected it and in multitude now we just have it on our you know different um platforms our music there and it just sits there we don't appreciate it as much we just say oh we got to listen to this and you know it's not as harder to like get it and stuff um so i don't know it's a different type of feeling i don't know if you guys could relate yeah i'm I know what you mean, Daji, though. Like, you're saying, like, now we have everything at our fingertips, whereas then everything was so, like, personal. Like, it was our personality in the MP3 player, our personality in our nano iPod. And, like, for me personally, like, I grew up with – I didn't get my iPod until, like, maybe, like, late – or middle school at some point. But I remember being in elementary school and just collecting CDs and using my boombox, which I literally, like, still have on my desk in front of me. But – and I don't (laughs) use it. But I just have it there because I'm, like – it still works so like might as well keep it and it's like kind of like I don't know historical yeah (laughs) and I used to love CDs growing up like vinyl something I personally have gotten more into like throughout high school just because my mom got a record player and I was like oh like this is so cool but like for me like CDs were like my childhood I don't know if you guys feel the same but like I love CDs yep same 
it's funny that you say that too because I remember um, a lot of my memories were tied to listening to music but from limited devices like that too um, because I remember when I would often like go on long rides with my mom and whether it was somewhere far or like close like we would uh, our family would always take like CDs and we'd always listen to them and every time we would drive when we turn that CD on we was associated with those fond memories of traveling somewhere far or like going somewhere or like coming back like late at night and everyone was just like relaxing and they were listening to those songs um, and those are some of my memories uh, but also I remember when I was younger I had an mp3 player and on those I recorded like a bunch of little songs um, and, and like I remember I would listen to them and it was very exciting and recently I was looking for it and uh, it's funny my dad posted a similar question and he asked like but you don't want to listen to it on anything else like um, we have like Spotify we have like Pandora there's so many other ways to listen to it and I really said that I thought about it I'm like no I actually want to listen to it on this on this device because it's special to me and I was kind of perplexed like wow I had like such an attachment to just listening to it on that MP3. So it was, it was a very interesting experience for me. It was very eye-opening. Yeah, or cassette players. Oh, I love them. Oh, that wow. Oh, I would take my mom's and like, I had my own little one, um, my own cassette. I remember that. And I love the fact that you could like turn it over to like, you know, A side, B side. I thought that was so cool. Um, I'm a bit of a geek in that area, but... <laughs> I was going to say, um, have you guys ever bought vinyls from anywhere? Uh, me personally, no. <laughs> I, I've seen them before and I really respect them, but I don't have like a vinyl player at home. And uh, I've never really bought them. I wasn't, I would, I would say, a big music person. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't follow specific artists or albums, but I did see many of my friends have them. And yeah, I respected them for that, but unfortunately not <laughs> me in particular. Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever bought a vinyl before, but we have a bunch of vinyls in my house that we play that my mom has had since, like, her childhood. So, for me, like, I always just kind of, like, look at them in the stores. Like, I always go into the vinyl store, but I usually don't buy anything. If I buy anything from that store, it's usually the CDs, just because I could stick them in my car. And, like, I feel like that's, like, the main place where I listen to music, honestly, is when I'm driving. So, for me, that's really convenient. But, yeah. Well, I recently went to a thrift shop and I bought like three vinyls there. And those were my first vinyls, right? The irony is I don't have a record player, but I'm like, I will get one. <laughs> so I got them because they were like at a good price. And I looked at the cover, like, you know, the cover is always pretty, like Isa was saying. But I was also looking at the songs because I would look it up on Spotify and I would listen to the whole album and be like, okay, I could pay like a certain amount for this because I'm like, I'm not going to buy a vinyl just because it's cute in the front. And then I, I don't want to listen to it because I don't like, you know, I don't feel the vibe. So I found that interesting. But yeah, <laughs> in other news, Sabrina, take it away. Now we're going to talk about food. Yes, my favorite topic of all. So a New Jersey pizzeria was just named the fourth best pizza spot in the United States. Rico Cole Fired Pizza was not only the best pizzeria in New Jersey, according to BigTravel.com, but it also checked number four on the national list. Big Travel wrote, start quote, Cole Fired Pizza produces the most wonderful char on the crust, 
And with all pies at Brico baked in their custom 1000 degree coal fired oven, you can expect pure perfection. They use ingredients from the local farmer's market alongside Italian San Marzano tomatoes for toppings that are out of this world, end quote. At Brico, coal-fired tomato pies come with an array of vegetables, proteins, and cheeses. The menu also features specialty pies like the summer corn pie, the spicy chicken pie, and the stinger with buffalo mozzarella, spicy soprezza, honey, basil, and mint. Wow, that sounds like a lot on a pizza. Holy cow. <laughs> but, okay, so I personally... It stinks whenever we talk about these food places because, like, I feel like I haven't been to, like, any of these food places. And, like, I eat out a lot, so, like, I find this kind of surprising. But have either one of you guys been to Brico's Coal-Fired Pizza in New Jersey? No. But no. that summer corn pie sounds so good. That, that sounds very interesting. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. But what are you guys thinking? Like, what – do you agree that, like, New Jersey deserves – to be named like the fourth best pizza spot in the U.S.? You know, I would have to agree from my past experiences of eating pizza and uh, trying it in different local areas, especially a lot of the, I would say, um, m- many of these restaurants these and these pizza places that also had like these rich stories or it's often like a lot of happy people or like this family that runs it and you feel that I would say good warm like energy that they're doing it because it's like a passion and they really like everyone there um I would definitely have to say that we we do have that right of being called a really good pizza hotspot because I noticed that a a lot of the food especially in pizza um it's made out of I would say like there's an extra kick to it there's almost like this love with it that comes with it or this like little magic that they I don't know I, I want to say sprinkle on it, but I don't want to give anyone any wrong connotations. But um, it's actually beautiful to think that, like, not only do they make custom pies, they have these creative ideas, but it's also, like, a homemade business that has, like, a beautiful story. So, like, all in one, I feel that there's so many of those little places here, and uh, they should definitely be celebrated and recognized. I completely agree. And this makes me think back to, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, where Daji, you were kind of hating on New Jersey food a little bit. Not gonna <laughs> Like, I was kind of like, girl, what? Because I'm a big believer. I think New Jersey's food is so good. And like, you have, by all means, you can disagree with me, Daji. She's giving me a look. That's fine. <laughs> but I personally think the pizza is one of like my favorite things about New Jersey's food. Just because like, there are so many local places as... Issa was saying, and so many like family-owned businesses that you can support, and just so much good, thick crusted pizza. Like I like nice crunchy crust. Like I don't like flimsy pizza. Like I like pizza with stuff on it. And oh, like now I'm like craving pizza. So <laughs> I completely think, even though I haven't been to this place, like I just support the fact that New Jersey deserves to be at the top of this list. Um, I feel like. I I do think Jersey is is it's all right like especially with Italian food they they know their stuff like especially in different towns I am a big <clears throat> foodie to an extent so I'll like research and go to a town like 45 minutes away from me just to try the food to see if it's actually really good um but then I always go back to like New York City because it's you have a Chinese spot next to an Italian spot next to a Russian spot next. It's like 
so mixed and in variety of food that you know every block has something different meanwhile in jersey you have to go 45 minutes here 20 minutes over there um i hope the brinkle coal-fired pizza has another spot because i looked it up and that is 79 miles away from me the spot that it showed me so you see <laughs> I'm not going to be able to try that one, but let's see if I find another one. But see, that's all part of the adventure too, <laughs> like the travel down. Cause like sometimes like I feel like in Jersey, there's a lot of like hidden gems. That's true. You know, and sometimes you don't know until you're like forced or obligated <laughs> to go down to that town and check it out. And then usually like once you go down there, you'll like walk around you'll find some of the other hot spots and i don't know i just feel like there's so much in new jersey that's kind of like underrated or like hidden and people don't know about and i feel like people got to venture outside of their little bubble just to seek it and who knows maybe this area is like super nice too like it'll be more than just the pizza it'll be the full experience that's true i 100 percent agree yeah okay that's good guys it looks like our show is <laughs> coming to an end today very sadly. But <laughs> oh dear. It was great talking to you both. It was, oh, it yeah. was always. Completely agreed. I like how we explore our topics. <laughs> we do. All right, guys. This has been 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. My name is Sabrina. My name is Daji. And my name is Isa. And this concludes the Tuesday morning buzz for June 22nd, 2021. I hope you guys all have a fantastic rest of your day.